Hey there, faculty and students. Welcome to this week's edition of the CR22 podcast. And this week, I'd like to do something a little different and offer some reflections on our experience with curriculum adjustment related to the pandemic and how those pandemic-related changes have really informed our curriculum build for CR22. This is certainly a little less instructive than my usual podcast style and more reflective. It seems like the call for evolution of medical education is persistent over time, maybe even over hundreds of years, but massive structural and content changes rarely come about at single institutions, let alone multiple institutions simultaneously across the globe, really, Um, like they have in the last two years or so. This is a rare experience, right, Uh, where external and a consistent factor forces change in structure and content of medical education at every level. My personal observation is that pandemic-related structural and content change informs almost every build team meeting that I'm a part of with you guys. As an interesting contrast, the practice of medicine is always changing, but change in undergraduate medical education is slow, and there's so much resistance to change. There's this article from the 80s uh, from the Journal of Health and Social Behavior that looks at this resistance to change in medical education. Um, despite the corollary, the rapid change in medical practice. And the authors say that medical education has a history of reform without change. And that's Bloom et al. if you want to look at that article yourself from 1988. The ways in which the COVID-19 pandemic changes have been incorporated into CR22, I see as falling into four groups. The first is providing room for dynamic and new content. The second is flexible and alternative delivery models of content. The third is student-centeredness and choice when it comes to pedagogy. And then the last one um, is my own reflection, learning with our learners or humility in our own expertise. So in that first area, providing room for dynamic and new content, some of the quickly incorporated curricular experiences at UMass involved learners in the clinical spaces doing things like telehealth or developing telehealth best practices. On some rotations, our learners were given assignments around creating triage protocols for respiratory illnesses that could protect both our patients and healthcare workers. In the clinical spaces, learners were working at our field hospital, and some of them even helped to set up and build the infrastructure for the field hospital during surges. They learned vaccine administration clinical skills so they could participate in our mass vaccination efforts and served on teams consenting patients for remdesivir as part of clinical trials. They attended more traditional didactics on COVID-19 care, treatments, and research as those things were evolving. In so many ways, we incorporated COVID-19-specific medical content rapidly. COVID-19 is certainly not the only reason to rapidly adjust content. And so this has become one of the principles of CR22. That is a flexible curriculum that prospectively plans for space for content and material that we might not be able to imagine right now. Contemporary Conversations is the name of this idea in CR22, and we also expect that rapidly evolving and plastic or dynamic content would be included in our Pathways curriculum as well. So it's important to protect this kind of time so it doesn't disrupt the other set curriculum um, the way that we experienced in the last 18 months. I think all of us would agree that sometimes our learners missed out on elements of the traditional curriculum because of the necessity to learn these COVID-19 specific curricular things, period. 
Uh, the next area I'm going to call flexible and alternative education delivery models. And I'm going to say the least here because this has probably been the biggest change and there's already an evolving body of educational literature about this impact, um, both in medical education and education across the board. But I'll start with a clinical analogy. We've learned a ton about the remote delivery of healthcare during this pandemic, adopting alternative models such as telephone health, video health. Um, and, and in the same vein, we've learned about alternative educational content delivery for our learners. As many of you can attest way more than me, um, much of the early medical school curriculum went online. And as we adjusted to the technology, we were able to create these increasingly engaging remote activities um, that became so much more than watching a lecture on a computer. It surprised many of us that the attendance at some of these events was much better with this modality. We got to see learners doing significant peer education through group chats and breakout rooms, and many faculty improved or completed independent learning modules or ILMs during this time, allowing asynchronous and interactive content. Much of this will be continued in CR 22, and we'll talk more about it when we talk about student-centeredness, which we'll transition to now. And when I say student-centeredness, I'm talking about allowing for some choice of pedagogy. I think what was most interesting to me was the varied reactivity from the students to the alternative delivery of educational content. Some students loved hearing lectures live in their home and participating remotely, whereas others truly craved and missed that in-person dynamic. There were lots of other perspectives along that spectrum. Because UMass adapted well and adopted improved technology support, learners have now experienced what's possible and what a range of pedagogies could be employed for medical education. They voiced their opinions. And if you've heard one student talk about remote learning, you've truly only heard one student talk about remote learning. It's been hard to arrive at consensus. Many faculty with children like me were also experiencing our kids' own reactions to remote learning over this time frame. And amongst my four kids, we've run the gamut. My highly anxious daughter excelled like never before from the safety of her bedroom. My son, on the other hand, without that social stimulant of his peers, basically lost out on his second grade year. This has sparked conversations about student choice around content delivery in the future. If so much is possible, should multiple pedagogies be offered simultaneously in CR 22? We clearly want learners to learn in the way that is most effective for them, but there's constraints to faculty bandwidth, right? And there's technology constraints. Um, current FOM1 and FOM2 faculty are already offering hybrid learning in this spirit. So we'll have even more information and data as we continue to think about student-centered pedagogy and student choice of pedagogy in CR22. So the final area I want to talk about is, I'm going to call it learning with our learners or humility in our own expertise. I personally feel like one of the biggest changes in medical education as a result of the pandemic has been this open acknowledgement that we're always learning. There are all sorts of examples of evolution in medical care that have required faculty to learn new content and new skills, very close proximity to when they're expected to shepherd learners through that same process. But there's also this strong culture of medical hierarchy. Senior educators and attending physicians have long felt like they need to be the master of a subject before they could teach it in a way that gained their learners' trust and confidence. Maybe even for some educators to maintain authority in the learning space. There wasn't time for that sequential kind of traditional approach this last year. At the beginning of the pandemic, we were taking care of an entirely new disease with unknown natural history and clinical trajectory. 
Almost every therapy was in the experimental phase. And at the same time, learners were still in most of our clinical areas at various levels of medical education. We were worried about our patients, we were worried about our families, and we were watching our colleagues and peers get sick. Acknowledging the unknown and uncertainty together was an important piece of our success. Traditionally, attending physicians and senior faculty are seen as content experts and sometimes feel that this characterization is like really important to their identity. But in modern medicine, there really is no room for people who lack humility. Medicine changes quickly and for me, as a clinical educator throughout the pandemic, openly learning alongside my learners helped me to do that better for other subjects. In addition to the unknowns around caring for my COVID patients in the clinical space, we're certainly not experts in the remote delivery of education, right? That's another place where we were learning along with our learners. An example in CR22 of learning alongside our learners might be in regards to building our new pillar of health system science. We didn't often analyze how healthcare was delivered in traditional undergraduate medical models. We may feel uncertain about how discussing these points impacts our authority in the classroom or in the clinical space if it's the first time we've thought about it or the first time we thought about it was in putting together our materials. But teaching with humility and making visible our own learning is incredibly powerful for our learners too. And it's a good standard to set for future physicians. Similarly, many of us are not experts in health equity, diversity, inclusion, nor are we confident about highlighting and discussing social determinants of health. There are probably multiple other examples in CR22 as well, but just like COVID-19 care, we can openly acknowledge that we're learning alongside our learners and demonstrate our humility. The educators at UMass Medical School are an amazing and adaptable group. I hope you take some time to reflect on your own growth and change this last year as educators. I didn't realize that I had become a little stagnant in my teaching style until the pandemic. I usually close the podcast by urging you to do something, but these reflections today are already happening. As I mentioned, I hear this all the time at build team meetings about flexible delivery models, student-centeredness, student-centered pedagogy, student choice. The schedule being constructed already accounts for evolving and new curricular content that's not going to disrupt what's already there through this contemporary conversations and pathway curriculum. Maybe for you, like me, you've gotten more comfortable with teaching in unpredictable times and learning along with your learners about content and delivery skills and even might see that as an asset. That's all for this week. And thank you so much for listening.